Good morning. Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today is my esteemed pleasure. We have a special guest. He's a songwriting Hall of Famer. He's a rock and music legend. He's Mr. Don McLean. How are you today, sir? I am just fine. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm very. It's a real pleasure and honor to have you on today. Um, are you keeping warm up there in Maine? Well, I'm actually in California right now. I'm in the desert uh, oh, outside okay. of Palm Springs, so I've uh, I've abandoned Maine for a while. <laughs> it's wintertime. It gets a little blistery cold up there. <laughs> it's very cold. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congratulations, by the way, 50 years of American Pie. I, I know you've probably heard it 10 million times, but uh, it is legendary. And, uh, you know, for a young man who grew up, you know, on your music, I'm 57, so I'm old. So, you know, so it is still resonating today that my children listen to your music. You know, I really appreciate that. And I happen to know because I get these printouts from Spotify and stuff. And um, hundreds of millions of downloads in thousands of countries. Uh, it's really amazing. Yeah, my, my teenage granddaughters know who you are first off basis. So <laughs> when that that's really cool by itself. <laughs> I mean, that really excited. is. They're excited that you're on. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you. You know, but um, let me ask you a question, sir. I, something I don't know the answer to, and I know a lot about your career. Um, did you know any one of the three that you had written, uh, the Big Bopper, Buddy uh, Holly, or Richie Valens? Did you know any of the three? No, no. I was uh, only 13 years old when they died. Um, all I knew was my mother, father, and my school friends. Um, but I remember as a paper boy, uh, reading that story and being a paper boy was the last job I ever had. <laughs> I always made a living. I made a living at me, with music uh, from that point on. Um, whether it was teaching uh, guitar or banjo, or whether it was singing in little uh, concerts or wherever, but I always managed to make with music after that. But uh, yes, I the song American Pie is really quite biographical in a way and that's the reason why they did a bookazine about me and the song and it really has to start in the beginning where I, when I was born really and uh, and the history of my life up until the time I wrote the song and somewhat beyond it and that's going to be the same subject of this documentary movie that they're working on. Oh, that's fantastic, and, and, and you're more than pleased to come back on the show and talk about it when it's done. We'd love to have you. Oh, I'm sure I will. Um, I'd be happy to. You know, it, it, it's funny, the impact that uh, something can have so much. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, a paper boy, for most people who don't know, is you ride around on your bike, at least I did, and you throw the newspapers at people's houses, you know, and yeah. hopefully, hopefully you get it on the deck, right? <laughs> yeah, um, that's right, and that's what this children's book is about, uh, American Pie, a fable which will be coming out next year, and we've already got the the uh, audio version done by a, an actor named Peter Gallagher, who's pretty well known. Absolutely. In fact, yeah, your, your granddaughters would know him. Uh, but, uh, yes, you would, you would do that, and then once a week, uh, I remember the lady's name was Mrs. Steinmetz. Uh, she would come to the house, and you had to give her, you know, the money. Yes, sir. And I was such a bad guy, such a terrible paper boy that uh, I I used to end up paying her. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you remember what kind of bike you had riding around doing it? 
yeah, I had a um, a, a a fat tire bike, and it wasn't a brand name. I think it was uh, from uh, a Sears Roebuck or something like that. that you was know, my and first they, bike <laughs> from Sears. <laughs> yeah, and they had they had no gears. You know, you just one gear, yes, and then you, you 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 pull you push back on the pedal to stop it. But I tell you, it puts you in real good shape. Uh, riding that thing around you got in tremendous shape and uh, of course then later on the um, the English racer came along with the the Rudge and Raleigh you know and they had three gears oh my god they were like the Rolls Royce of bicycles you know they were amazing absolutely speaking of riding by the way do you still ride horses? no I don't ride horses but I keep horses still on my place in Maine I I stopped about eight years ago um, when I had a pretty bad accident, and um, yeah, I had been doing it for like thirty more right. than thirty years, and uh, I figured it, you know, I was getting kind of old. Time to stop. You don't bounce like you used to. I don't. <laughs> you know, yeah, I. What's that? I, said I don't bounce like I used to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I love riding them, but I'm a little bit more nervous now today. That's why I just wondered, because you I've always seen you've had some beautiful horses and I just wasn't sure if you still had horses anymore. Well, they're wonderful, wonderful animals. And the interesting thing is that at one time not long ago, uh, we lived in a you know in nineteen hundred, we lived in a horse culture. The yes, majority sir. of people were on the farm, uh, even in the cities, you know, uh Wagons were pulled by horses, and certainly before the steam age in the 1860s, uh, all these gorgeous granite buildings, you know, in our major cities, that's horsepower built those. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I still love going downtown Philadelphia and seeing some of those old buildings that are there. You know, at times you see those ones that were built like that. So without a doubt, I love that. Um, You know, with, with, with you coming along, how do you feel that you're presenting this generation with not only your music and your knowledge, but putting out a book as well for our children. Well, you know, each generation, as we get older, we always, we have a lot of information because we've been a long time. And that's, that's the interesting thing about tribes, um, you know, is that they, they would, and, and, and Asian cultures and, and, the Indian culture as well as they valued their old people because they were a, a repository of information. And uh, what, what is bad, I think, is when you get a, a technical, technological culture, you, you, you abandon them and, they're, and you're, you're forced to reinvent the wheel over and over again because you don't have uh, people to tell you that there, there was actually a better way of doing things. And modernism is 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 a dangerous thing um, unless you keep at least some sense of, of tradition. I, I agree. You know, when and uh, when my children were growing up in the eighties, they you know they were picking all different types of music, and I said, "Listen, this is what you're going to listen to when you learn all this. Then you can listen to whatever you want growing up afterwards." And to this day, and my children are almost all in their thirties. I'll sit there and listen to everything today, and I feel like the foundation of it is, is the same thing as what you're quoting with life itself. Well, it's important, I think, to put good ideas in, in your head. 
I mean, if you put nastiness and you put evil and you put cruelty in your head, you're going to get that out. And yes, uh, you got to put the right things in to get the right things out. And when, when people a lot of times will ask me, you know, well, I, I want to write songs and I tell, tell people, you know, it, it's very hard to even write a bad song. You know, most people, if you got some guy on the street or some lady said, would you sit down and write a song? They, they couldn't even begin to know how to do that. So, you know, if you decide to be an artist and write, you really should, number one, put good songs in your head. And number two, you should have something to say. You know, if there's something that you... I was always lucky because I had ideas that would occur to me uh, that would that would be a, a nice verse um, I was talking to um, uh, TJ Shepard on his show yes sir he's a good friend of the show and, a good friend of mine I love him and I, I said you know when my father died I didn't leave home home left me there was no home. And he seized on that right away. He liked it. I said, that's a great song idea. Right. Well, you see, that's the kind of thing that comes out of my head and comes out of my mouth is that I'll, I'll come up with one of these ideas and then I'll write a, he's probably going to use that and write a song <laughs> uh, from it. But, you know, that's my particular gift. That's what I have been lucky enough to be able to do. Well, it's funny, sir, that you say that because and I asked, and I just had Miss Kelly Lang on just yesterday, um, that that his wife, I was just saying, when you sit down and you write a, a song, I asked every great singer-songwriter, and gosh, I got one of the best on. So is it when the spirit moves you, when you hear something that's yeah, like, or is it all the above? Yeah, I just do what I want to do most of the time, and uh, then some. I'll get in a project or something, and I'll write a bunch of stuff. Uh, it'll start happening, but I save up a lot of experiences and things that I read, and I my mind is really kind of like flypaper for useless information. <laughs> I love you know, that. I love that. It sticks in my head, and uh, then I know you know I go back and I get some little notion, you know, and sometimes I, you know, will have a plan for a song. You know, that, um, like the song Primetime I, I wrote in the 70s, I, I, I began to think that I was seeing more mechanical music, like robots making music and, and everything coming through the television, all reality coming through the TV. And that was more than 40 years ago, and that is really where it's at now. Yes, sir. You know, our reality comes through the screens, and the songs are made by robots, really. more. They will make better and better songs. Robots will make very good music in the future because they'll be able to put not just the garbage that kids listen to now in their heads, but all of the other stuff, Irving Berlin and Paul McCartney and everything else in there. Right. When, when, when you, were, you were talking about delivering papers, when you were a teenager, who was Don McLean listening to on the radio? Well, I listened to all the, the great ones, you know, the Everly Brothers and Elvis and, 
I listen to uh, Little Richard, and um, I listen to all the great rock and roll groups, the early ones, you know, the Five Satins, and wow. the uh, all those groups are my favorites. Um, so that whole world, really, in the 1950s, uh, everybody, and I like, you know, the popular stuff, too. I I did not like Frank Sinatra okay. very much. Um but later on, I discovered him when I was, like, in college. It was so funny. I I discovered the the album um, September of My Years, and I loved that record. Oh, and I, I began to fall in love with uh, string arrangements uh, also, you know. And I think there was another one I liked, When No, no One Cares, uh, which uh, I think Nelson Riddle did the... Uh, or Gordon Jenkins, one of them, did the arranging on that. Beautiful songs. And I don't stand a ghost of a chance. And I can't get started with you. And I used to actually practice singing those songs when I was, you know, 19 or so. I guess I'd, I'd walk around at night and take a long walk. And I would sing these songs and try to control a slow song. Uh, that's that's the hardest thing to do. It's easy, you know, to sing a fast song, um, but it's hard to control the time in a slow song. And so I worked at that, and that's where songs like Vincent and Empty Chairs and And I Love You So and, and a lot of these ballads that I do come from. I learned to do this. That's, that is, I, I think... All my singers and songwriters out there, you guys, that was a great lesson by one of the greats right there. Thank you for sharing that, sir. I really do appreciate that. Do you remember the first record you bought? Pretty much. Uh, I think it was, it still resonates with me. It was Buddy Holly and the Chirpin' Crickets. And the Chirpin' Crickets, wow. Yeah. I think that is a blue cover with the four guys on the front and their guitars and everything <laughs> in the sunlight. That. And I do believe that is still one of my favorite albums ever. That is that is, that is incredible. I love that. Now you mentioned the King. Uh, I didn't realize, and I know a lot about your career and have been a fan for years. I didn't realize you were quite as as tight with the King as you were with Elvis as you were. Uh, you know, I know obviously you did a song of yours and stuff, but I it was incredible. Um, you have a good uh, memory of the King. Well, I. Um... I, the first album, the first record that I got of Elvis Presley was in 19, I guess, 56 or 7. I got two 78 RPM RCA Victor records from a friend of mine as a birthday present. And they had Tutti Frutti and uh, I Don't Care If the Sun Don't Shine and... Um, um, a couple of the, the Ibiza, you know, those, those were 78s, you know, they, they, people don't realize Elvis was available on 78 and 45 RPM. I didn't it know took that, a long, sir. I oh, didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It took a long time to get rid of the 78s. They had been the, the, the predominant yes, for the uh, single. Right. It was 78s, but then the 45 came in around when Elvis started. And so that they, you get them in both, both, um, Right. formats and um so that got me started i would listen with my grandmother who was really the only one that really appreciated elvis presley in in our house and um 
she loved the Jordanaires, and it was so much fun because years later I ended up having some hit records with right, the Jordanaires. Yes, yes. Um, so that was a full circle type of thing. And then Elvis recorded And I Love You So. Yes. And um, so he, he did it every night, really, for that last very rough year that he had, 676, 77. That was one of his last songs he sung, I think, right? Yes, it's the last song on side four of Elvis in concert. And um, they just recently gave me a triple platinum award for that. I have it on my wall here. I've got all this, these awards that I've been getting from these different record companies yes, for uh, artists that have recorded my stuff. That's my mom. That's one of my mom's favorite Elvis songs, by the way. She's gonna be eighty this month. She's coming down for Thanksgiving, but that's one of her favorite songs. There, so she's gonna be excited to to hear that you talked about that. So I personally thank you and appreciate that because I didn't know that was coming. So thank you so much, well, for that, I, my friend. Elvis was, you know, physically a very big. He was a big guy and not a small guy, and he was very, very uh, handsome. Yeah, and and he had all that, you know, the things that he did, the way he dressed and his hair and everything, and so that made him a little frightening, you know, to square uh, white people uh, who were from the north and not, you know, from the deep south, where uh, they saw a lot of characters like that. Right. And um, but his music was very gentle, you know. Don't be cruel. All shook up. Uh, you know, Love Me Tender. These were beautiful, sensitive. He was a very gentle, kind person. Uh, what happened, though, is after his mother died, uh, I think a certain anger took over. He was trapped with the colonel. He didn't have his mother anymore. Um, I think he was stuck with those idiots that he had to be around and uh, didn't really want to do any of that, but kept doing it and um, and drugging himself up like mad in order to cope and uh, that that's what killed him right right yeah it's, it's a sad thing that's that's um you know I've, I'm always been a fan of the king always will be um and I think that's it's it's funny because the, all the all the people that I've watched that, that you've uh, performed around with and everything else over the years I think that uh, you know that type of that type of style of heart I say your heart kind of attracts it, it you know well he was he was such a great singer you know and he had chet atkins said i was talking i knew chet pretty well he's and he produced a lot of those early tracks on rca yes sir and he said elvis really had about five or six different voices right it, you know he had the uh the don't be cruel voice but he also had the uh jailhouse rock voice which was very different and uh, and a bunch of other voices that he that he would use, um, and you know he was just a great singer and a charismatic performer, and he pushed it hard. And the thing about it is, even on that last couple of shows that he did in Rapid City and uh, uh, wherever the other play, Indianapolis, I guess um, he could barely stand, you know, but he got a performance off of a hurt that would knock your socks off. You yes, know? sir, so, without a doubt, without a doubt. Well, that being he said... He could do it. Oh, I, I, you, you and I could talk that all day long, so believe me, I, I appreciate this, that you, you're sharing your, your side of that because I, I agree 100%. Well, 
With that being said, if you could go way back in the DeLorean in a time machine, is there somebody that you would have loved to perform with that you just say, man, you know, I just missed a spot or I didn't get a chance to? I don't think so. Um, I wouldn't. You know, anytime you'd make a television appearance, you might sing a song with somebody or whatever, but no. But I love being there. I was, I saw everybody. Yeah. You know, I saw everybody. I was there and I was, I was at Shea Stadium when the Beatles were there. Oh. I was at, I was at uh, Madison Square Garden when they had the Bangladesh concert. I was, uh, when Dylan first came to town, I was at Carnegie Hall and saw that in 1962. I was every place. I was always there. I just wondered, I didn't, that, because you, you have a lot of business like that, so I just wondered if there was anybody you just looked back and said, man, I'd like to have, I'd like to have operated with them a little bit, you know, and... Well, I certainly wouldn't have mind singing with the Buddy Holly, I'll tell you that, because... He didn't need me, you know. He didn't really <laughs> sing with other people, um, but I could sort of play rhythm guitar with him. <laughs> and uh, how long did it take you to learn how to play the guitar? Well, the guitar was a formidable obstacle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still fighting. You know, <laughs> you know, and I was thinking to myself as a young little boy, really, um, yeah, I, I can sing. I thought I said, but if I could. You know, just learn to play that thing. Yes, sir. Um, I could, you know, maybe make a living, you know, make a few bucks, you know. Well, I had no idea that strapping that guitar on immediately made me a babe magnet. <laughs> the My women man. came out of the woodwork. I mean, they did. They came from everywhere, and that never stopped. <laughs> and that's when I, you know, wasn't all that good at it, you know, but... Um, Imagine when you get good, right? <laughs> as I got better, you know, I played bigger and bigger places. Right, yes, sir. And I actually um, played solo for the 10 years of the 1970s. It was me, the guitar, and the banjo. Yes, yes, and, I remember And I played, I played every major hall in the world many times uh, that way with no nothing plugged in and no monitors, nothing. <clears throat> and uh, all sorts of major festivals too. So, you know, as I got more, uh, you know, with other musicians and plugged the guitar in and uh, it was a piece of cake, you know, because I'd been, it's like I'd been riding one of those old bicycles and I got me a, an English racer, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, geez, I, I think if you'd ever showed up with your without your guitar, anybody, people would be like, go find, go find it, go get it. <laughs> I mean, because you were always seen with it. Um, I love the sound of the guitar. If there's some YouTube video of me playing at Royal Albert Hall, I'm wearing kind of a um a mustard colored cowboy shirt, and it was from a, a special called Don McLean at Royal Albert Hall, and that guitar I had really sounds good. I, I, I was very, I was always into the tone, the tone of my instruments, the tone of, I was working on tone all the time. Uh, yes, sir. And I, I think, I think you've made a great job of it. And real quick, as I appreciate you going by with us. Um, and by the way, I three, three quick fun questions. We always ask all our guests. One, one, if it is, if you can choose a night out, is it dinner and dancing or a movie? 
Say that one more time, please. I said we normally ask our guests a couple of fun questions. So one of them is dinner and dancing or a movie? Dinner and dancing or a movie? Yes, movie sir. for sure. Comedy or horror? Well, most of these horror movies are comedy. So <laughs> That's a great answer. I'd say comedy, that. yeah. Comedy. You have a favorite? Well, I just watched Some Like It Hot the other day with Marilyn. One of my favorites. That's fantastic. And and, and now since actually we I kind of messed up in the beginning, is it the beach or the mountains? Which ones do you like? Both. That's why I have a home in Maine and a home in the desert. Yeah, I kind of knew that I was loaded for that question. And uh, last, last one of the fun questions, steak or lobster? I like surf and turf. My man. <laughs> right on. By, by the way, and, and congratulations on you being uh, featured in the new Finch movie with uh, Tom Hanks. That's really cool. That's uh, another one. that We had two major movies this year. We had um, the Black Widow and the Tom Hanks movie. Both have a featured American Pie. It wasn't just in the background. They were... It was part of the uh, of the story, really. Yes, sir. I, I think that's, yeah. that's so cool to bring another generation to you again, and you're starting right off with that part of it is. And by the way, can you, you, can you tell us a little bit about your foundation, my friend? My foundation uh, is not heavily funded, but it will have everything that I own in it when I die. And I will put money, I put money in it all the time, from time to time. And I help support at the moment uh, food banks and homeless shelters and especially the Portland um, Salvation Army uh, to get, you know, uh, sleeping bags and clothes to people who can't get through the winter uh, in Maine, which is a very a tough winter. Yeah, I used to go up to South Portland a lot. and It's one of the biggest areas for homeless children in the country. And uh, so I, I, I will put all the information, if you'd like, I'll put all the information on with this interview if anybody would like to donate or anything else as well. Well, I'll tell you what, um, this homeless problem is going to get a whole lot worse very soon. Unfortunately, I you know, think you're right, Mr. McLean. Because they're kicking people out of their houses now, and um, it's not a good thing. Uh, yes, sir. I agree with that. And by the way, you have a big tour coming up. Uh, you have a big tour, you have a big tour coming up, and everybody needs to go check out your website at domaclean uh, com for uh, awesome tour he's got going right now. And also, you have a cruise coming up in February. Yeah, that's the first one of those I ever did. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. That's gotta be that's gotta be nice going on a cruise. Working a little bit, getting a little yeah, sunshine. That's right. <laughs> Take my girlfriend with me. We'll have a blast. Right on, my friend. Is there anything else you want to share? We're, by the way, we're now in 61 countries with active listeners. Is there anything you want to say to your fans, sir? Well, I want to tell everybody that the good times are coming. We're going to get through this stuff, and we'll be stronger than we were before. And we're always going to have our music. And the main thing I think now is to get vaccinated, stay healthy, and let's put this thing in the rearview mirror so we can get back to normal. From your lips to God's ears, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, he's an absolute legend. It has been such a pleasure having you on. Please come back on when your kid's book's out. I'd love to have that out. 
and and share that with everybody. I've been looking forward to it. I've I had heard about it before, and but it has been such such a pleasure having you on, Mr. McLean. And thank uh, you. You know, check everybody on social media, Don McLean with the Life Box Media Channel, Mr. Don McLean. We are out.